Hello, my name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda, and welcome to The Pemberley Podcast. The Jane Austen Society of North America is a nonprofit with approximately 5,000 members in more than 75 regional groups in the United States and Canada. The Jasna Southwest region holds seasonal meetings with presentations about Austin's work and Regency times. Jillian and I went to the spring meeting entitled Spring Cleaning at Chawton earlier this June. The incredibly pleasant day started with coffee, tea, and a selection of pastries. After a few member announcements, we heard from the first presenter, Jan Fahey, who serves on the board of Jasna Southwest. You want to uh, repeat the title of your lecture from this morning and tell okay. us a little bit about what inspired you to talk about that and research that? My topic today was on bathing and hygiene called Clean and Decent. Mm-hmm. My background is not only my a Jane Austen fanatic, I'm also a sanitary engineer. Very cool. And uh, I was helping plan one of these events some years ago and they said, and I had already done a talk on food in Jane Austen's time. And we were casting around for a topic and stuff, and I was sort of joking and said, well, why don't I do one on sanitation? They said, okay, and went, gulp, Uh (laughs) uh-oh, what have I done? I sat down, I put together a a talk similar to this one, but it was on toilets and chamber pots and, and that sort of stuff. And it was pretty well received and it was fun. So a few years later I said, you know, I could do a companion piece on bathing. So that was today's talk. How long did you spend researching it? Oh, quite a while. Um, yeah, it was very informative. Really. Oh, good. And we good. actually loved seeing how engaged everybody was. It was like watching I an was actual drama. Too. We were gasping with horror. <laughs> and I thought, yes. <laughs> they're, they're responding to me. This is yeah. great. I don't know. Because it would be like an hour or two here and an hour or two there. But I would say 40 hours. Wow. You know, something like that. I had some books at home that I purchased when I did the toilet talk, as I call it, on uh, the history of bathrooms and sanitation and stuff. And I started with those. And then I went online, and there's an amazing amount of material. There is a wonderful, uh, it's a book and an online location called Jane Austen's Regency World. Mm-hmm. And they have short articles about material culture like this sometimes. I don't know, there was a site called History Wenches or History Bitches or something <laughs> like that. And they had also information about hygiene and bathing and, and stuff. So there were kind of snippets here and there. And I'm very interested in ancient Greece and ancient Rome. So they said, oh yeah, Hygieia is the origin of hygiene. So I said, okay, Hygieia. And boom, all these neat photographs of the statues, you know. So it was kind of a little of this, a little of that. But I think probably this time more online sources than I used six years ago. Was there any information that really surprised or shocked because like I said we were gasping earlier was there anything you read during your research that shocked you I was shocked by how grubby people were it was until normal. well into Jane Austen's time that was one surprise that they really considered bathing medicinal and curative rather than hygienic the other thing that surprised me a lot was that our modern bathroom is only about a hundred years old that was a huge surprise. That is shocking, especially since at this point, 100 years ago, was well into the 20th century. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely 20th century. And I was looking at some of these, that last slide I showed of the, the modern bathroom, that was 1911. A 1911 bathroom is still recognizable to us as a modern bathroom. I mean, the whole notion of having a bathroom in a house is relatively new. And that was a big surprise. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you first got involved with the Jasna community? I've always been a big reader. When I was in high school, some people were reading Pride and Prejudice. And I kept hearing, oh, it's just awful. I hate it. Oh, I hate reading Pride and Prejudice. And I had a friend who was an English major who said, pay no attention to them. It's terrific. So I got a copy and I started reading it and I read that first sentence. Where have I, where has this woman been all my life? Yeah. I said, I've got to read everything she's written. So I sat down, I got a copy of all of them and I started chomping my way through them and then I started slowing down because I said, you know what, I'm never going to read these again for the first time. Oh, wow. So I was kind of savoring them, you know. As we, as we read, I was at a friend's house one day and I saw that she had a newsletter from the Jane Austen Society. And I said, what's this? She said, oh yeah, they have an organization, blah, blah, blah. I said, that's for me. And I was absolutely entranced. I thought, these are wonderful people. I'm so enjoying talking to them about Jane Austen. I found out that uh, Jasna Southwest has reading groups. I've met fabulous people. And we don't read just Jane Austen. We read sometimes things that inspired her or things she inspired or things kind of like the talk I gave today about what life was like in her time. Do you have a favorite Jane Austen novel? Is there like a favorite of yours? Uh, I think Persuasion is probably my favorite. Okay. Thank you so Thank much you. for talking You're to welcome. us. This was fun. What struck both of us was how incredibly engaged the crowd was throughout the presentations. It was such a delight to witness that. The oohs, the ahs, the gasps. This continued with the second presenter, Terry Ryan, who also serves on the board of Jasna Southwest. How long have you been a part of the Jasna community? Oh golly, I would say about 20 years. Wow, and how did you first get involved? Uh, some friends of mine are members and had been for a long time, and I am, I've always loved Jane Austen, and we were talking about my love of Jane Austen, and they said, oh my gosh, there's a Jasna event coming up in South Pasadena, you should come. And so I did, and I got hooked. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you first got inspired to uh, give the lecture topic that you did today. Do you want to repeat the title of it for the microphone? Sure. It's uh, Jane Austen's Domestic Economy, Housekeeping and Home Remedies in Regency Times. Mm -hmm. um, and Jan Fahey had the idea of this of this program, mm. um, which was brilliant, as she always is, and um, she said, I, I really wanted, I've been wanting for a long time to do a talk on, on bathing as a companion to her fabulous toilet talk, which I'm sorry you haven't heard. She told us a little bit about it that. It is so good. <laughs> um, but she said, I think it would, um, a good thing to go with it would be talking about housekeeping and home remedies, um, leveraging all these historical housekeeping books and cookbooks that have all the recipes in them. And I said, well, if you don't find anybody better, I'm, I find that really interesting. And, you know, I'd be, it would, it would be research I'd enjoy. They took me up on my offer. Great. So that's what I've been doing. How long did you spend researching for this? Because it was very informative. Um, I would say about three months. 
Wow. Well, off and on. I mean, you know, not constantly. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Because I started out, you know, just looking at the cookbooks, which are fascinating. And, but I thought, I, I can't see just reciting all these different recipes. And so I started thinking about what made it interesting to me. And I realized it was pairing it with Jane's life and thinking about what of these things would really be applicable in Chawton. And um, so then I started shifting my research to include also a lot about Jane's life and I mean which I of course I'm a jazz member I know a lot about mm -hmm. but I hadn't thought of it from this angle of what did it mean in the day-to-day -day housekeeping and so pulled all of that stuff together and started you know interweaving them and it really was fascinating to the, what it, the window that it gave me on what Jane's life must have been like mm -hmm. and I found the whole issue about of uh, cleaning methods fascinating. I, I knew nothing about it. And the more I read about it, I thought, whoa. And uh, I loved all of that about the history of soap. Uh, I think is fascinating. I am now obsessed with laundry. I just, <laughs> That's I just great. all that ways of people getting clothes clean. Who knew? You think about the fact that when you can't go buy laundry detergent, you don't have electricity, obviously, but you don't even have a really easy way to heat water. And um, anything that you do, you're going to have to make yourself. It is hard to think about what do you do with this pile of dirty clothes? That they, were probably even dirtier than what we are used to thinking of about dirty. Yes. Well, and one of the things I read said that washerwoman was the most common profession for women mm. in England until the middle of the 20th century. Wow. That, well, at least the beginning of the 20th century but that there were more people, women employed as washerwomen than anything else. And I thought, okay, there's a lot of laundry going on. Was there anything particularly interesting or shocking that you found in your research? Oh, washing with urine. I'm sorry. Okay, I actually so wanted bizarre. to ask about that. What exactly, because you said that stale urine actually like got things clean. clean. How? Well, <laughs> the, the way in which you, know, you make soap is you put fat together with alkali. Because the whole point of like using fat and everything is it's not like it smells nice, it just like makes the dirt slip off of you, right? right? But alkali, cleaning with soda, cleaning with lye, all of that, it's the alkali that does the cleaning. Mm -hmm. And stale urine is very alkali. Okay. And it's uh, gross. <laughs> it's incredibly gross. Can you imagine bathing in it? No. I just like the whole point whoa. of it. You're supposed to get rid of rid it. Of it's that. meant to be expelled from your body. body. But <laughs> uh, apparently they and and they said the thing there's a barrel just sitting I around. I know. They said you go go into house uh, inventories and almost all the old house inventories had a chamber lie barrel where they were collecting all the urine and think how long it had to sit there until they were ready. They had enough. Oh. Yes, that was probably my most... Along with the anecdote about the spiders. Oh my oh, gosh, the spiders. Well, and do you there was some... Wait, do you want to repeat what oh, it is? Well, one, uh, one uh, cure for coughs that I read was that you take 
15 to 20 spiders and roll them up into little pills and, t and swallow them. And they said, if the patient is unwilling to do that, you can hang the spider around their neck. <laughs> so I thought, okay, no, I'd rather cough. Yeah. Both of them. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, no, thank whose you. job is it to sit around and look and for roll. 15 to 20 spiders and, and be like, open it up. Ugh. Disgusting. Yeah, I'd yes. also rather lose a lung <laughs> than do that, like coughing. That's so gross. Such a deal. Well, thank you, so oh, so thank you so much for thinking to us about it. You're so welcome. There's such a shared admiration of Austin's work in this community that makes it evident why people join Jasna and why they keep coming back to various events. We got to know a few members during lunch and spoke to a Jasna Southwest member about her love of Austin. Uh, my name is Nina Ruland, and I've only been a member of Jasna for about five years. How did you hear about the organization and what made you want to join? Actually, I came to Jasna through the back door because I heard about a local reading group, and it was it was close by, and it was absolutely astounding to me that there was an entire book group composed of people who were just fascinated by Jane Austen. Do you have a favorite Jane Austen novel? Oh, you know, I am... I am so mainstream, I'm so pedestrian. It's Pride and Prejudice, it's gotta be. You know, even Jane said it was her sparkling little jewel. Do you have a favorite like adaptation of Pride and Prejudice? Oh, I'm sorry, I was living in London at the time that they did the BBC with Colin Firth. Oh my gosh, what was that like? And I vividly remember how the entire country came screeching to a halt on Sunday night. I mean, the streets were deserted. Wow. <laughs> it was, uh, well, okay, so it was cold and it was wet. I think it was like February. <laughs> People stopped and did nothing on Sunday evening for six weeks. Yeah, and That's it was an absolute phenomenon. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it's sort of still a phenomenon. It's still yeah. probably like the yeah. most famous. But to have experienced it in, I guess, in real no, time. That's, and you were in like in London. In too, London. Because it was like, yeah. it was popular out here, like I think everywhere, but like yeah. to be in the heart of it all, that's amazing. Yeah. What keeps you coming to Jasna events? This, this event particularly interested me because I think um, it's kind of emblematic of what I find fascinating about Jane Austen is that Jane Austen talks, has very real world problems but she doesn't deal with wars, she doesn't deal with politics, she doesn't deal with the fall of governments, which is usually what is covered when you cover quote-unquote history, and those are the things that are covered by men. She covers what I call the real world, the, the world of women in your day-to-day -day affairs. And so today's conference was all about, you know, what was it really like to have to combat disease? What, it was, what was it really like on a day-to-day -day basis to live? Which is what I find really fascinating about Jane Austen and, and about this. I remember the very first time that struck me forcibly is actually at the Costume Museum in Bath. And they were talking about how um, after World War I, fashions changed dramatically. Um, and the reason was is that before World War I, people had tons of servants. So you had dresses with about 4,000 buttons that took you, that absolutely needed a servant to get dressed. And then post-World War I, because there were so few men, women had to go to work, people couldn't afford servants, people didn't get servants, and that's why the dresses changed. There were no buttons, because suddenly, ha, surprise, you had to put your clothes on yourself. No one had time for that. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, that is the part of history that I find fascinating. Mm. Yeah. Have you, do you, would you say that's like you've been your favorite Jasna event? My favorite one was the one where, I forget who the speaker was, discussed lending libraries in the time of Jane Austen. Those are fascinating. 
Yeah, during the Regency period, and how it was this, it was a way for people to find out when they went on holiday, as they say, as they went on vacation, to see who else was watering in the same place, um, who else they could possibly go see. So they would see who was written down, and then they would, could, could drop off their visiting cards because they know those people were in town. How it was a way for women to meet men in socially acceptable places. Mm -hmm. And it was an explanation for why when books were first published at the time of Jane Austen, why they were published in three volumes. Most people didn't, couldn't, didn't own books, and they would get them from lending libraries. But it was a way for the publisher or the, the library to be able to lend out three different books so that you would be waiting for the second part of Pride and Prejudice or part no three. Binge no binge reading either. That's right. Such yeah. Special thank you to Erica and Susie of Jasna Southwest for welcoming us to this event and setting us up with interviews with the two presenters. You can find information about future Jasna Southwest events at jasnasw.org, that's J-A-S-N-A-S-W.org, and follow them across social media at jasnasw. That wraps it up for this episode. Check out our social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Pemberley. And if you'd like to talk to us directly or have any questions, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. And to support the podcast, donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thepemberley, or leave us a review on iTunes. That helps other people to find this podcast. You can find links to all of these pages on our WordPress page, thepemberleypodcast.wordpress.com, where we also include links to anything we mentioned on the show. Thanks again for listening. Bye! Bye.